Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse, Heater, and MJ. In this week's episode, we will be discussing Netflix's 15th film, the 2016 horror film, I'm the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, directed by Osgood Perkins, starring Ruth Wilson, Paul Apprentice, Bob Babylon, and Lucy Boynton. Welcome, boys, our 15th episode. We're going to meet all these little milestones, which are pretty exciting, I think. Because <laughs> we, we're standing the bar low. Like, we're pretty excited about 15. 15. 15. 15. 15. 15's huge. 15. 15's huge. Nah, 15's great. It's good, yeah. We are so committed to this cause, and we've had a lot of fun doing it, and we can't wait to keep doing it. Definitely. So, um, this week we're looking at a horror film. Is this our first horror? This is the I first horror. This is the it first is. horror. Yeah, it's his first horror film. So, something a little bit different to discuss today. So, let's kick off with our 30-second summary, our fast flicks of the film. MJ, how about you hit us off today? Let's do it. Um, A slow-paced supernatural horror revolving around a haunted house. As you learn more about what is happening to our protagonist, Lily, in this house, you unfortunately get less engaged. The scares are alright, but they are few and far between, and you won't need to sleep with the lights on that night. (laughs) Good. Alright, heat up. It took me a while to write this because I had to think a lot about what the actual movie was about, but I've gone with, a young woman takes a job as a living nurse for an elderly former horror writer and slowly becomes obsessed with a character from her books. And you, you've picked that up well. Yeah, yeah pretty okay, good. Because I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gone, so Lily moves to an isolated house to care for an elderly lady who was once an author in her previous life. Her books scare Lily, but they have clues about what has happened in the house and what may happen to her. It's a really cool premise when you like break it down. Break it down. It is, yeah. Yeah. Do it. It's, yeah it's, I feel like, yeah, it's got a... And I feel like the opening did a really good job with that, with the, the dialogue over the top, just the, the voiceover of um, exactly what the house was about. So I was like, you know, um, it's a house with a death in it, can never be sold or bought by the living. It can only be borrowed from ghosts that have stayed behind. I love that. It's, it's such a good lost. setup. It was such, such an eerie, yeah. eerie start. And I was like, all right, this is good. Or I'm just saying, yeah. I didn't like that. So, yeah, <laughs> I liked the opening monologue and it kind of I liked it but I didn't just want just that girl sitting there for the entire time I would have preferred where maybe we see a bit more of the house and maybe kind of going through it all I just didn't like it all just kind of that sit still on one screen as it all went through it did go a bit long yeah, yeah. 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 there's a just, lot of lot of blackness on the screen yeah. but I, I feel like that that was overcome by the next shot was just that circular sort of um Silhouette shadow yeah. of going through the house, yeah. like in that. One yeah, so yeah. I would just prefer that way that the the monologue was going. I just yeah, I just was a bit just kind of. It did go a long time, yeah. and then it was like I think it was two and a half minutes until the title sequence came up, yeah. and then it was like another minute and a half of, of more monologue on yeah. the back of that. Uh, yeah, I feel like that this film did that quite a lot through a lot of a lot of scenes. Like the camera just stayed in the one spot for way too long. Yeah, but yeah. I think that was. And and this this bothered me as well. I didn't like I didn't like it as a technique. I think it was this idea of the scares coming, the scares coming. Actually, yeah. there's no scare. Yeah. And I think it was, it was a deliberate. Suspense. It was a deliberate technique that he yeah. was like it doesn't. This is not your typical horror film. Yeah. But it does beg the question that we we have to ask straight away: Is there such thing as a title that's too long? <laughs> that's a good question. I I must say I like this film title. Did you? Yeah. Good title. I liked it. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd like it or dislike it, but it, it, it's a sentence. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't mind a long film title. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I really like this film title. Yeah, I'm torn. It was good. I initially I didn't like it. Like it. Well, I, I can't accept it. Well, if you, if you had to call it something else, what could you call it? Because I... You, you can call a film anything. Really. I feel like the, the title... And a really good question because I hadn't even thought about it, but I feel like the title is really good because it could be I'm like... That title relates to all three of the females in the house. Yeah. So, because all it three of them are the pretty things sense. in the house. So, I feel like looking back on the film, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I like, I actually do like that, thinking yeah. about it. It is long, I'll, but yeah. I'll, I like the title. Yeah. This is a really good segue that I actually didn't mean to make, but well done by me. Um, Oz Perkins, the director. <laughs> yeah, I love this. He His previous film was a similar sort of horror film called The Black Coat Daughter. Um, and... He wanted to call that film um, February, but the studio, A24, said no, and they basically titled it for him. Um, and he he's like completely stoked with the, the amount of free reign he got at Netflix. And I guess one of those things with free reign is the fact that he got to name this film whatever he wanted. So it almost feels like the, the title has more significance because he yeah. he's all over the title because he knows what it's like to not have you know naming rights to your own film. 
So that, that's very interesting that um, he's chosen something like that as a title. And I, I love that he's created these two horror films and he's the son of Anthony Perkins, who... Awesome. One of all-time favourite films, Psycho, Norman Bates. Um, and you know, this film, he has like a few nods to you, to his dad. Massively. Um, with, um, so there was like a song in there called You Keep Coming Back Like a Song, which is actually performed by his dad. And then there's like a clip on the TV of Friendly Persuasion, which starred his dad as well. Um, and he was actually in Psycho 2 as like the yeah. kid version of his dad as so well. So how cool would it be growing up with like Norman Bates as your dad? If, if you were a budding, you know, film director, I mean, this guy's done raw acting, writing, directing. Um, how much awesome exposure would you get to your dad working on set and yeah. stuff? Like this would be the best way to, to get yourself into the best a kind of, of film. Like, he, was, to, he, he, he was almost like, um, he was almost one of the, like he's got that Harry Potter syndrome. Like Daniel Radcliffe is always going to be <coughs> stereotyped as Harry Potter. And um, Anthony Perkins mm. as Norman Bates, he struggled to get work mm. outside of doing psycho films. That's why he did so many psycho films because mm. no one, everyone's like, you're Norman Bates. We're mm. not going to hire you. In he did a bit else. of directing, which I didn't he know did, as much did, of. Yeah. yeah. Which is really good. Um, what what else did we find out about this film? Canadian film. So yeah. filmed in Ottawa, in yep. Canada, and nominated for the Best Canadian Feature Film at the Toronto Film Festival. Yeah, so another another TIFF film. Um, mm-hmm. So debuted there in September 2016 before hitting Netflix October 28, uh, the 28th of October. So mm-hmm. Halloween release. Yeah, and Netflix, sure. yeah. Netflix with their, their clever sort of uh, promotional department a couple of days before Halloween gave gave it a good chance to, to run on Netflix and yeah. have that. But as, as we sort of spoke about with, you know, is this a normal full-blown horror <laughs> or is it like, I almost see it as like this art house horror, yeah, right? It's, it's definitely arty. And I think Netflix, yes, they, they didn't want to miss a beat by opening it just before Halloween, but they didn't market it as a full-blown horror as well. They were still true to what the film was about. Mm. Um, look, you've got a film called I Am The Pretty Little Thing That Lives In The House. The yeah. genre is horror. Like, it's going to fit in well with the Halloween movie. Yeah. But they didn't try and, like, force-feed it into what, like, a studio would do to get it out there and say, hey, this is the new horror film. This Halloween, you have to go watch it. So it's clever in both respects. And, again, I think um, Oz Perkins was pretty happy with the way that they kind of did that. Yeah. yeah. Um, critical consensus... Rotten Tomatoes, it's on 58% from 19 reviews, so I think that's uh, on the rotten side of things. Any, what, anyone else have any other... 2.6 stars on Letterboxd, yeah. okay. 6,500 ratings. Seemed pretty mixed reviews yeah, from mixed. critics, read a few reviews, it was pr- pretty mixed in general. Some liked, some didn't. Yeah. Um, what do we, we like about some of these characters? Before we, I, I still, I actually, I got completely lost in looking at Osgood Perkins. Like, <laughs> I, I found it. I found it really fascinating. I also because he's an actor in Legally Blonde and see, and the start in the new like the new Star Trek series. Uh, is he? Yeah. But if you if you saw him, the picture of him on the scenes of him in Legally Blonde. Have you seen Legally Blonde? Not in a long time. Not in a long time. <laughs> I, 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 I also haven't seen it in a long time either. But I recognise him straight away. I'm like, that's who he yeah. is. Like you, you would absolutely know this guy. Um, but. I always like, obviously this is a podcast about Netflix and I, the, one of the things I find most interesting is, is diving into the whole working relationship that you have with Netflix. Yep. And basically with this movie, Netflix saw his previous film, The Black Coat's Daughter, and were just like, what else, what else you got brewing? And he kind of had an idea brewing, which was, um, which was this film. And he sort of said, this is what I'm thinking of. And they're like, yeah, cool, we love it. Um, so he put together a screenplay Basically, the next day, Netflix were like, yep, sweet, here's, here's your money, which he reckons was, you know, two and a half times the amount of money that he thought he needed for it. Um, when they were filming it, no one from Netflix arrived on set in any way. After the film was finished, um, he sent it to them and he's just like, this is it. And they basically had, yep, no worries, that's fine. No changes, no notes. I think by the end of it, they had four or five notes on the entire thing. And uh-huh. he was like, and they're all really good. They were fine. And he did it and he's like, He's, he's, I think he's joking about like, I'm never going to work with anyone but Netflix again, but he's like, it's full creative control. Like you, you basically own the entire thing. Which Um, is good. Cause like, apart from, you know, Blumhouse or, um, A24, like a big studio probably wouldn't have made this film. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Did you get the Blumhouse reference in this? I think I've read about this. Well, Iris Iris Blum was was the the writer and it was, the whole thing was at her house. house, Yeah. So this was a, this was a Blumhouse film. Yeah. Hmm. Very clever. clever. I like I like that as well. I did How read that. Clever. The last thing that I found out about this film that was like 
this was what got me because one of the things that bothered me the most, I know we're talking about, we're going to talk about characters in a sec, was the character of Polly. Yeah. I guess, you know, she wasn't technically in the film, but they referenced her as the, mm-hmm. as the person. Sorry, a few flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, her story in this film, and obviously I didn't know this when I was watching it, is based on an American folk song called Pretty Polly, which is about a guy who takes his girlfriend out into the woods one day and was basically like, look, I dug a grave and now I'm putting you in it. Um, and that's basically the story. He kicks some dirt over her and he leaves her. And then the birds kind of sort of have a bit of a hard time dealing with the fact that there's this like grave here. And that is the story of Polly in the film where her husband obviously kills her, yeah. leaves her in the wall. And then obviously the house is has trouble okay. with her. And the- <laughs> And I actually listened to this folk song well, after I was, and it's a it's a very weird song. And I, I think and I creepy, re- did it? I read somewhere as well. He the director got his brother to record the song. No, his brother, his brother his brother did all the sound for it because his yeah. brother's a singer songwriter. Yeah. But they actually got one of their friends to play like a um, what's the what's the instrument a fiddle, fiddle. throughout the with cool. the pretty Polly theme song throughout the film. That's cool. That's cool. Just makes yeah. you realize how much more effort goes into a film than yeah. what you think. Um, because one of the, my biggest gripes was that character of Polly. Oh my God. I need to know more about this character. You're not okay. telling me anything. Yeah. That, that's good. Um, it's it's, that's, oh, it's that's awesome. Really, really interesting. I'm very impressed. Yeah. I've got a lot of respect now for old Oz, Oz Perkins. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you spoke about Polly. I, I didn't really feel like you needed to care about any of these characters to to have a feel for the story. Because um, yeah. if you, you go in with this assumption or these preconceived notions, it's a horror film, you know that. At some and from the opening monologue, mm. you know she says, "I'm not going to make it to my next birthday." I'll never be twenty nine years. Never old. Never be twenty nine years old. That's I, I didn't like that being told that she was going to die at the end. At the start, I, I did, liked it. I, did, I, I like liked it because I think it's a really cool technique, yeah. and I love the way American Beauty did it. Yep. Right, it's yeah, it's awesome how you sit in there thinking the whole time, like, "Holy, she's going to die." But yeah, I agree with you. By the end of it, because. Um, I was kind of waiting for her to die. It felt odd because she was never really in any inherent danger no, throughout the no. film. Yeah. I didn't like being told that she was going to be killed. I liked it at the start, but the, yeah. the first the first start of the, I was, I was, that monologue, I was like, oh, I'm in. Like, yeah. sign me up. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Ruth Wilson? Because <laughs> I love her and Ruther. Yep. I'm pretty sure that you like her and Ruther as well. I love her and Ruther as well. I feel like that she was the best part of the film, but I feel like her, the voiceovers were a bit of a downfall as well. <clears throat> I feel like there were constant voiceovers and retelling of the, the story through her voice. And I feel like the, the voice didn't really connect with me the mm. way that she was reading it or retelling it. I thought she was okay. Yeah. But just, oh, I thought her acting was right. yeah, I, I, I feel like a lot of the things even she said, just because I, I see her as um, how a small woman <laughs> yeah, in Luther, yeah. she sounded a lot like she talks in Luther, I thought. Like just the mannerisms and yeah. what she said just I'm not sure I, I just couldn't get her out of my head from Luther but um, yeah I mean I thought she, she was okay in this but nothing amazing I was impressed with her things. early and I was actually really intrigued by Lily as a character I think as the character got more and more isolated and kind of dipped into this little bit of insanity by the end of it I thought that Ruth Wilson struggled with that a little bit and struggled mm-hmm. selling it to me like yeah. I kind of knew that she was getting a bit weird and going a bit strange yeah but it didn't and resonate as I'm, well. I'm sort of the same with like MJ on the, you know, the, the flashbacks of Polly, I felt they were really drawn out and not really needed. And I felt like the, there was no dialogue between her and her husband at all. Like the guy that was going to kill her eventually, which and, I think, and the story, yeah, the telling was just done through, which I think made the scene seem a lot more drawn out as well, because there was no speaking. It felt like Gordon went on for yeah, a bit too like, long. It was, it was, yeah, it was very, are we getting into this right now? Why was she blindfolded walking around the house? Um, I've read somewhere that that was like a some sort of game set in the, that sort of era that they were supposed to be from or something. Uh, Marco Polo type, yeah, game. type of game. It didn't make sense at all. But like, it was like... <laughs> I yeah. struggled with that. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, what stood out to start with? Before we like try and... Because I think there's going to be a few things that maybe we struggled with a bit in this film. Like some good scenes? Yeah, some good scenes. Um, or just... I mean, I, I liked... In a few of the kind of, I guess, more creepier scenes, when she's on the phone and you see the upside down chair 
on the wall. On the wall. Yeah. I was like, that's creepy. Like, was that there before? I actually rewound it to see if it was on the ground. That's in the kitchen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, in the kitchen, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, no, it's just always been there. There's just an, a chair stuck upside down on the wall. And it's like, again, it, that was so clever. It's a horror movie. It's creepy. I'm, I'm creeped out by it. That was so like, clever that he did that. Like, yeah. This, because that was actually, I reckon, almost the scariest scene of the film. Yeah. And I did the exact same thing. I reckon everyone did. Like, yeah. there's a chair on the roof. Like, she's yeah. going to figure out there's a chair yeah. on the roof. And but then, it was just normal. When the phone cord gets awesome. fully lifted, I was so creeped out. That was really it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was a good scare. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was really creepy. I thought I, it was fantastic. I thought the soundtrack build on that scene was too much, and you like it was just so obvious that something was going to happen. So I didn't find that scary at all because I thought the soundtrack build, 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 and it's like the phone gets yanked. It's like okay, yeah. I, but you're watching yeah. a horror film, and you know that you're going to get scares. So yeah, you can right. always sort of, at the back of your mind, thinking what's going to happen here. I actually thought the scene was well paced. Yeah. With her on the phone, really isolated. And yeah, like, I actually, yeah, you knew that the scare was coming and you were looking around for it. Like the chair was one thing. You yeah. kept looking in the dark because they had all those scenes to the other room in the dark. Yeah. And they didn't overdo it though. Like he yanked the scene, he yanked the cord, the phone went out and that was it. And I like that he didn't overdo it then. And then I think at the end, you, you do see the spirit of Polly like yeah. walking like backwards, yeah. but walking past. That was an awesome scene. Yeah, I liked it. It was a good scene. I wanted more of that. I'll, I was I'll, I'll talk a bit more in that I'll, when we get to scenes that I didn't I'll, like. I was creeped out by it, which is what you want to be in a horror movie. I was, it, was, it was creepy. I, I also really liked, I think it happened a few different times, the corner of the rug being folded over. Yeah. And then she walks past and kind of unfolds it. But just every time it's like, you did it. Oh, I liked it. It was great. Yeah, I, so I, liked I, it. I really liked that, and I included that in like this. There's all these mundane things in the house that mm. we continually got the shots of. So like, um, it starts. It literally starts off when she goes snooping through that drawer, and then she slaps herself, saying, "I can't go in the drawer." That that was a bit weird. That slap. It was a bit weird, but then so you go from that, then you go from the 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 carpet on the the corner that she has to keep putting down. Um, she keeps going back to the TV, um, the pair of shoes that were always sitting on the, the staircase that you got continuous shots of, the business card that kept it, and the cassette player. There are these mundane objects in the house that you kept going back to, <clears throat> and I really liked that. I really mm. did like it, because they're all things that related somehow to what was going on. I, I thought that was good. Yeah. That rug scene was actually one of the uh, two times that my dog Todd barked. Uh, Todd update. We haven't had a oh. Todd update in a while. I know, and he's been really quiet. There's been nothing that really got him with these films, but when she kicked that rug down... Yeah. He went nuts, and I have no idea why. And I'm hoping he didn't see some sort of spirit on the screen. Oh, so creepy! That's even more um, creepy. Yeah, he went. He went really. He got really. There's another. When else did he? He actually barked also when she was um, cutting cutting that box up. But I also think maybe he was just because there, there were so many creepy house sounds. Yeah. And maybe that was just the times that he reacted to the creepy house sounds. But if you do have a dog while you're watching this film, you may get a couple of barks. <laughs> Although my dog's a bit of a psycho. My my favorite scene in the film was in the bathroom where she's brushing Mrs. Blum's hair. Near the uh, end. Near the end, yeah. yeah. Um, and Ms. Blum's like, you know, um, tells Lily, you know, you, you don't talk anymore. You always turn your back. Your feet are facing the wrong way mm. when you walk. Um, you know, you hardly resemble yourself. And I thought that was a massive turning point and that just made me think so much about lots and lots and lots in this film. And I think because that was the turning she... point because up to there, I was like, this is pretty slow. This is taking a while to get where we're going. And then I was like, okay, I need to switch on. So Mrs. Blum keeps seeing real Polly mm. who walks backwards and mm. all this sort of stuff. And obviously they communicated, you know, a while back when she was writing that book because the book is about... Her um, story. Her, yeah. yeah, Polly's real story. Um, but yeah, that was... I was similar in that sense where the last half hour maybe... I was working really hard and I don't think I had to. That was, that was what got me is that I think by the end of it, I was like, I've missed something and I hadn't. I think this film kind of made you think that there was more to it when maybe there wasn't from a narrative perspective. Like when the film finished, I initially thought, um, obviously Polly comes out of the walls, creeps out, um, Lily, basically frightens her to death yeah. and then Miss Blum has no one to care for her so she eventually dies as well that's what I thought happened and I'm like nah there's more to it but I don't think I did I think that's exactly nah, what happened that's just what happened and I didn't yeah. miss so like I wanted to know watching this film when was the moment that she died yeah and I 
Which character, sorry? Um, for Lily. Um, Lily. Really? Okay, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. I also on. didn't like that it was Polly and Lily. It really kept confusing. Yeah, it should have similar. Sorry, way too two similar. Names, yeah. Because I, I was like trying to pick up on clues to think, hey, okay, so when did she when did she die? When did she pass away? So you thought she might have died earlier? Yeah, obviously because, she's roaming the house afterwards. I get what you Because like I feel like they tried to make it as if there's the scene where she's in the staircase and the, the camera cuts really close to her eye and you see that reflection in her eye and it's like she's screaming on the staircase, overacting, like grabbing yeah. at her throat. And it's like they're trying to make it out like that's the moment she dies. But to me, I, I don't If you think, didn't, I would have enjoyed that. Okay. I don't think that's when she died. I feel like she died earlier. I will talk about okay, that. Yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that a bit with the themes and, and the questions later on. But I don't think awesome. that was when she died. I'm in. I'm all into here. Because I want to talk about a few more of the, the scenes that we didn't like and what we liked. And I think that will lead into a little bit more okay, about when I'm she in. actually died. I don't know. That's just my interpretation. Yeah, yeah no, I want to hear it. Off. I do want to hear it. Because I, honestly, I was Googling, watching videos on this for an hour afterwards. Yeah. Just yeah. Trying to yeah, yeah I, I, I was trying to read a bit into, yeah, like how it all... Um, I love the scene that was just like a horror homage to the poltergeist when she's like sitting with the TV and it's like all static and she's like got her hand on it like that was definitely like a call out to poltergeist and then also uh, like in that exact same scene you just hear that um that's TV static, like exactly like the ring when you finish watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. A really nice um, small homage, homages to some horror classics. And I, there was a scene towards the end um, when there's not much going on in the house and um, the dude's coming to fix the, the wall and no one's answering the door. Mm-hmm. And there was a shot where the, I think it was the door was knocking and the camera's just on the clock and the clock was stuck on 255 and not one of the hands were moving. And to me, I was like, that was awesome because it's just telling you time is stood time still it stopped time stopped in that house maybe it's like arc time. and there's a time loop maybe <laughs> but i really yeah, like yeah. and the camera stayed like i know the camera stayed on a lot of scenes but that stayed on that clock and i was just like watching that clock i'm like there is nothing moving on that clock do and you, i really like that do you think that's a hint at maybe she died at 255 maybe 255 but i don't know which yeah. day because that 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 staircase scene where she's grabbing her throat that was at night yeah yeah so was it 255 yeah. a.m maybe yeah. maybe any other scenes that stood out or we move on to some forgettable stuff? Um, probably a good way to think because I'm, I'm not sure if I liked this scene or didn't. It was just when, when Polly gets killed by her husband, that just came out of nowhere for me. But you knew that she... But by that point, you knew that she was dead and in the walls. You knew that, but just that scene where he just goes and... Yeah, and yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, wow, that, that was really unexpected. That was the scene of when she died. I liked the I'm way I'm not they, sure if I liked it, but it was just so unexpected yeah, for me. I liked the way that they did the reveal of him, though, the husband, because we saw, like, two prior scenes where he's, like, stalking around the house, but he's blurred out, like, the, the ghosts are in the scenes, and you mm-hmm. can't see his face, and you don't see his face until that scene where he goes and does that, and I liked that that slow reveal of what he actually looks like and, and his actual face. Of those mutton chops. Yeah. Yeah, very much. So um, one thing that really did my head in in this was um, the constant sound of crickets in the background. They were in the house pretty much the whole time. She was inside. There were no windows open and all you can hear are those, those crickets chirping yeah. the whole time. I'm like... You, you get the impression that she does not leave that house. Like, like even to go to the, do the no, grocery no, shopping or anything. No, she, doesn't doesn't she does not leave the house in a year. Like, it's nuts. Yeah, um, but it's so isolated. You, you guys were talking before that you really liked the the suspense and that build up when she was on the phone. Mm-hmm. The, the, what really annoyed me about that scene was she's on the phone and she's like, you know, wake up, you spaz, and like you slut on the phone. Everything that we'd seen to her prior to that, she was like prim and proper. Everything about her was like elegant, sort of that. And it's almost like they're like, oh, we need to give her a bit of a backstory or give her a bit of development about who she was before she came to the house. And, you know, in the conversation, she's like, oh, I nearly married this guy called Scott. Mm. And then that, like, that's all we know about her. Like, we didn't even need that. You... So for me, no, that, that's what made yeah. her feel like the house just engulfed her. Because by the end of it, can you see her being on the phone making that call? No. I guess well, she didn't see her from the start, but I felt yeah. like that, that was her day one. She's there, the very yeah. first night she's there. She's she's, she's coming she's coming from another life. Yeah. Mm. So... You, it would be weird not to like, because you think there and think this is a crazy job to be looking after someone twenty four seven. You're moving away from absolutely everything that you've got. Yeah, it's nice to admit the fact that no, no, she does have a life before this, and this is the reason that she's trying to get away from all this is because because she, because she, she obviously had maybe a fiance or something that's you know she didn't break from it. Um, but then, as soon as like you know a year passes she would never do anything like that again. And that made me feel like this house has completely consumed her. And like the more and more you saw her, the more, as I said, she was like slipping into insanity. Like she was going crazy by the end of it. 
and I think that's a lot to do with this house and obviously the the fact that there's a there's a spirit floating around haunting it. So I, I kind of like that in that sense. Because I would have felt it would have like, been it would have been alright if there was another scene where she was on the phone again, just to sort of maybe showing that yeah that she, that she dipped correct, into yeah. a little bit more yeah. of that, that yeah, insanity. Yeah, she changed a little bit. I agree. Yeah. Like, just to further dip, like because other other than that, we don't know anything about her really. No, we don't. And you know what? I think one of my issues with her as a character was um, because she's obviously like she's really leading this film. Mm-hmm. Like you could argue that she's really the only character you follow. Yeah. You've got Mrs. Blum who doesn't say boo, yeah. and you learn a little bit more. And then you've got a spirit, effectively, that you learn a little more. So it's all about Lily. And I just it annoyed me that she didn't have like more gusto about her, that she really could have uncovered the story a bit more. Yeah. I think they enjoyed the fact that, oh, you know, she's really scared of scary books and scary yeah. movies, so she's not going to you know dive any deeper because yeah. it frightens her too much. But I think as a result, um, she never really investigated anything and there was never any big cl- climactic um, you know, reveal or intensity to anything. Um, and that was because the character never led us there. But I also think that the, the director didn't care about that either. That's not what he was going for. But yeah. as a horror movie fan, I would have liked to have seen a bit more. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the other, the only other real character that we saw was that the dude who was in charge of the estate and had hired her. And I felt like his scenes were all pretty monotonous and boring and didn't really add anything, especially that scene where she's asking for the financial support to help fix the, the yeah. wall and he's like real against like doing anything like that. Yeah, those scenes didn't really do much. Yeah. yeah. And it also yeah. just kind of made her feel more and more isolated. Like, there's no help for you here. So yeah. 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 You're on your own. Um, the scene where she finds that box in the cupboard. Yeah. That did my head in. Where'd that come <laughs> that from? That was like, so slow. Why all of a sudden was she looking for a box? Yeah. And why did she... So like, she slowly cuts the box with the scissors... And then opens the lid so, of the box even so slow. slowly. It didn't create any tension at all. It was just like I don't. And then when she opens it, it's like, oh, there's a couple of bits of paper with some writing in the what box. Did she, what did she find? It was just the story that she yeah. already like the, the, man, the manuscript of the book. The manuscript. So what's the difference between picking that up and reading it and her going yeah. through the book that she was mm-hmm. going through? Um, I thought it was a really bad reveal. Do you reckon that was Polly's manuscript? Could have been Polly's Polly's writing yeah. of the story. Maybe because what did the box say? It said. Um, I did say Polly in the box, didn't it? What did it say? It had... I can't, oh, I can't remember. remember to be honest. It had... Demos. I think it had Polly <laughs> on the box. Any other scenes? Uh, I think you mentioned it before um, when Willie's... Um, she's doing the script. She's screaming at the end right before maybe she might have died or whatever. But it was... It was the screaming just didn't seem believable to me. Like, uh, it was really bad, bad acting. acting. It was it really bad, bad acting. acting yeah. And I said, I, I thought she was okay um, up until this point. I Obviously, I... I, I liked her from in previous works and I liked her in this but then that I was like no that was a really bad scene that was really bad acting from you the, sc- the screaming was bad yep um do you want to go a little bit deeper well uh, one thing it's not a scene but I didn't um I didn't like the constant fade to blacks yep it felt like yes. it was just a really they, he didn't know how to put the scenes together so he just ended it and the, it started the life. first time that happened I was like oh and, no. and, and that's maybe thinking going wait what they're normally doing in movies like because that, that, that just yeah, it, 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 the first time it, it it's a lot more it didn't feel right for me at all but very extended like, yeah like, oh massive yeah like, it, it felt really strange the first time I was in there and kept doing it yeah wasn't it I was not like that either well that was one thing again that I did find out about his interpretation of the, Oz Perkins interpretation of the film is that he saw it he defined this film as a poem so he, obviously writing this film it was almost like he's trying to tell this Story and poetry, and when you think about that, I'd actually be curious to watch it again with a completely different mindset, because um, I can see what he's trying to do. So when I keep thinking like you missed out on a scare here, why didn't you have a an early scare like every other horror film does? You open with a scare, it mm-hmm. didn't happen. Um, when you're dragging out these scenes, why are you doing it? He's not trying to make you know a, a Hollywood horror film, so. Mm-hmm. That's that's the other reason that you can sort of go oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Doesn't mean I enjoy it any less or more. Like I. I like it. I like the way Hollywood do horror films a lot of the time. Yeah. So, um, no, the extended fades to black almost like I don't know whether he was trying to fit it in with the the image of those ghosts appearing. So even though there were scenes where the ghost didn't appear, yeah, like there were you're those, expecting, you're expecting it, expecting it, to, it yeah. yeah. So uh, that was definitely a technique of him, yeah. like the giving you a um, yeah, unfulfilling your expectations. Yeah, um, I want to talk about white as this color. Um, it's like a white's meant to be this pure sort of color, um, and at the start, Lily makes this comment where um, she's like, "I'm not required to wear white," um, 
Yeah, that was weird yeah. too. Yeah, but um, she does it to reassure the sick that she can never be touched even as darkness falls on them. And I thought that that was like this really... And I, I kept going back to this this white scene. So she had she often had the white gear on and, um, you know, when she's cleaning the kitchen, she's got that... She's um, cleaning out those berries or whatever it is in the, the colander and then she gets like a, a splat on her white shoe. Um, mm. And then she later goes on with this voiceover. She goes, I am a white, I am white as a sail. I tell myself that nothing gets on me, but it does me a little good. So it's almost like this white, this pure white is like her succumbing to a death almost. It's like, and like, and made me think about, okay. Cause it stood out to me after she said that my focus was clearly, was just on what she was wearing. And from when she said that onwards, she had that, orangey yellowy jacket on the whole time so to me i'm thinking as i'm watching i'm like okay does that mean she's dead now because she's got this orangey yellowy jacket on she's no longer white she's no longer pure she's been affected by this and then that was the scene where her arm sort of blows up with all that that's you know she's having that vision so that really that white sort of thing did my head in a little bit yeah okay yeah um and the other thing was the flowers i felt like the flowers were something that was that was really so she was in the kitchen playing with those flowers um, just talking to herself playing with the flowers and then as soon as she opens up she opens the book up for the first time and there's that pressed flower in, oh, the, yeah. in the book mm. and then um, and then when she's in that scene I was talking about where she's in the bathroom um, brushing Mrs. Blum's hair um, she goes left alone even the prettiest things rot you fall apart like flowers I was like oh my god I need to go back and think about all these scenes with flowers like are these this is like some symbol of these flowers so at the start they're alive and well in this vase in the kitchen and the next time you see the flowers it's like pressed and dead in the book so it's like it's like her stu- she's like dead in that book and I was just like oh my god like where's this change that's happened from okay. her from being alive and being these bright flowers to being this pressed dead flower in a book I wish there was yeah. a more clear look I know, it's when really, she could yeah, have died exactly and yeah. that, that's what really got me so um, like the sixth sense so the, the walls the walls and the windows are thin, as thin as bones people could walk through them and up and leave and it was like this metaphor that does she want to escape does she want to get out of that house if the, the walls are that thin Surely she could just get up and walk out, but she doesn't. Because I don't, I don't think she ever thought she was in danger. Yeah, I don't either. She got creeped out a couple of times, couple of times. but I don't think she was ever like, I need to get out of this house. Cause yeah. Like, she could have. Yeah, like, she, it's not like, yeah, she was like, oh, I've seen this ghost, I've, I've got to run. Like, I'm, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. Well, the first, if, if, she was creeped out the first night on the phone, though. That's what yeah, she was saying. Yeah, but I, she brushed it aside pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't think that's enough to make her want to run out of the house. And, and never come back. She was creeped out the first night and she kind of just said like, oh, obviously the cord wasn't as long as I thought it was, rah, rah. And yeah, she was a bit creeped out when she's trying to turn the telly on and Mrs. Blum just walks in, boom, like that sort of scare. But then a year passes, like straight away yeah. that night, it's like, oh, this is like 11 months later. Mm. And you're like, oh, okay. So she's clearly okay. Yeah. She's right. going to be crazy. But... And that's that's what the next thing that I want to, the reflections. So... She's the TV with the static. You'd often see the reflection of what she's seeing cool in the background. Well. I like that. The first sort of scene was with where I noticed the reflection was she was in the bathroom getting ready to go to bed one night and she's doing her teeth or whatever she was doing with the mirror and reflection. And then at the end of the film, we see the, the new family in the house mm. and the tap's dripping and the kid gets up out of bed and goes to the mirror and you see his reflection in the mirror. When they first see their reflection in the mirror, is that when they die? Like, I don't know, like reflection, like is that, or is that when the ghost starts to say, I can, I can see you through this reflection now? Maybe, but I also got the vibe that, um, Polly was a bit more of, whether over time or not, was a bit more of an insidious spirit to, um, to Lily. And Lily made the point of being like, you know, how she repeats that quote, like you can never buy a new house. You know, you can only borrow it from those who died in it. And she was like, you can borrow the house on Blum Street whenever you want from me. Yeah. So she was making the point like, yes, I'm here. Yes, I died in this house, but it's okay. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to cause you any havoc. But on the flip side, did Polly actually try and cause any havoc to Lily or was she just... And then, then I was like thinking, is Polly and Lily the same person? Or... Yeah, I thought that for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I was thinking that for a little bit. Because when she first said, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house, I'm pretty sure there was a shot of Polly... With, with Lily's voiceover. I was trying to think of that as well, if there is like a link. And then obviously Mrs. Blum calls her Polly oh, the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, what is this link Surely. between the two? Mm. This is what I was saying. I was trying to, I thought that I'd missed a bunch of things, but I don't think I did. And that, that's like, the movie was slow. Like, oh it, man, it was, it, was it was slow. Painfully slow. It was very slow. slow grind. And it wasn't until the back end that I'm like, 
so I'll, I rewound it to like say when was the first time that she put this orange vest on or this this yeah. yellow vest she had that on when she walked through the door at the start yeah, okay. and that did my head and I'm like oh, oh okay yeah. yeah I was like okay it didn't you can still see the white shirt underneath yeah you can no? still see yeah. the white shirt underneath so I was like oh, I don't know like I just feel like there's something in there that's so do I and you know what looking at some of the other things that Oz Perkins has put in this film you know we'd be crazy to think that there's not there's not something that we've missed and there's not something that maybe everyone's missed yeah no. I don't think anyone knew the bloody Pretty Polly folk song um, was, no, was linked to the entire to story yeah so are there any other themes or ideas that you can think of that, that you could pick up on it was a tough one it was a real tricky one yeah it was it's, been, it's, it's great talking about it though that's the thing I've, yeah so what was good and what was bad about the film before we sort of finish up with a few I've got a few more questions <laughs> yeah. it, it was slow like, it was slow. Every, it was, every it was scene slow. lingered yeah. and a lot of a lot of nothing happened in this whole film yeah and it felt like they were like fluffing around just to get to 90 minutes yeah it it, it, it really felt like nothing happened I, I, I thought it was really it was, I guess like the shots really kind of artistic it was really good artistic film um, I liked a bit of the suspense in it but I did just feel like nothing I, I wasn't watching anything yeah. I just felt like nothing was happening I didn't feel like there was any tension like to me mm-hmm. I didn't feel any tension no, no, no. and that's why I don't think it's not It's not a classic horror film if someone's no. like hey I want to watch a really creepy horror film you wouldn't even consider this, yeah, it this isn't this is, but this if you said someone who really wanted an art house to, horror to, film yeah think because I, I didn't love this film like I enjoyed talking about it I enjoyed dissecting it but the actual process sitting there watching it I was left pretty underwhelmed. It was hard. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty long and boring. I, I feel like this is the sort of film that would definitely benefit from <coughs> being in a cinema. I yeah. feel like if you had no distractions, no lights, and all you're focusing on is the sound and the vision that you've got in front of you, I feel like you definitely would have benefited from it. I 100% agree. And I think that with most horror films, but yeah. um, I, I still can't get to the, the point of, I, I, I really feel like I missed something. But the more I look at it, I'm like, I don't know if yeah, I did. Yeah, like, I think so, yeah. But I want to give the director more credit than that. Um, still a great film title, though. <laughs> this is one of those, like, I don't know if I've mentioned if I've mentioned this, but at times I have been known to watch films at double speed. Um, yes, you, this, you have. I haven't done it in quite a while, but I That's feel like this, this could have been a film that it wouldn't have mattered if I'd watched this one at double speed. It probably would have felt like a normal pace. Yeah, you would have lost. Like, he, but yeah, you the would've... director would have been annoyed at you. Like, <laughs> he would have lost a bit of what he's trying to say. Yeah. Which from just like speed, a, yeah. sitting there <laughs> and trying to watch yeah. a film, you wouldn't have. Yeah, you wouldn't have lost much at all. I've got a question for you because I'm couldn't find it. I'm not sure if I missed it. Do we know what year the film was set? It's pretty ambiguous about. Was it, wasn't it? It, it, had a, it was the old school phone on the wall, the TV with the antenna. It but it made a old. point. It made a point of that house being. But but was it, yeah? But was it kind of like you know in the nineties or something? It was just a real old house, or was this film set like? I, I feel like the the scenes with um, Polly and her husband were a lot prior to like seventeen eighty. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. 100, 200 years yeah. prior, and then I feel like so when Lily comes there. What what what, what years? Sixties. All those cassettes. No, yeah. no, no. But like, I think that's a lot. Th- like, remember that she's on the phone. Yeah. She makes a point at saying no because she's like, "Where are you?" She's like, "In the kitchen." She's, and obviously, oh, yeah. she's like, "Why are you in the kitchen?" She's like, "Because that's where the that's phone where the is." Phone is yeah. She's like, no, it's got one of those cords on it, so it's it's not. So it's kind of recent. It's just a really yeah, old I think house. It's recent, and the house is so old. Yeah. But, but then, when you think about the end, when the ambulance and stuff comes to the house, the ambulance wasn't like a. It was a bit of an old-fashioned... Yeah, it was. It was yeah. an old... And the cars that rocked up out the front of the house, they weren't <sighs> modern sort of cars. Yeah. It's I reckon small towns. Surely, even if the house is old, like, if it was recent, she would have had a mobile phone. Like, to even text her friends on. So, it must be pretty old. She would have. I don't know if that's just taking a leap of faith that she doesn't. Like, yeah. But that's probably a bit, that's like a good thing about the film is it's ambiguous yeah. as to when, uh, it, when yeah, it was yeah, yeah. You don't really. It's modern time, but you know, you modern in the last thirty years, I would say. I don't think it'd be any older than that. I know you want to say seventies, sixties. <laughs> the TV was colour though. Yeah, TV was. TV was colour. Colour. And I want to talk about the TV soon too. She made a point as well, being like, oh, "I didn't think there was going to be a TV," yeah. as if like. I can't believe there's no, no TV. TV. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. But like, why did they have a cassette player and not a, a CD that's, But I think that's because this is old lady who just never moved, old house, moved on. Yeah. Like. Mm. Alright, so uh, IMDb. Did, did anyone are. go on IMDb? I've, I jumped on when the estate manager comes in because yep. it's uh, <laughs> Bob 
What's his name? Balaban. Yeah, Bob Balaban, because he was in Mascots last yeah, week. Last week. And he's Phoebe's dad from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, yeah, I, I jumped straight away. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the guy from Mascots last week. So when I'm like, yep, it's the same guy. Is that the first actor who's been in back-to-back Netflix films? I think, I think he might be. Yeah, possibly. I think I'd, he might be the first. Adam Sandler had a bit of a gap. Yeah, yeah there, there was there was a couple of films in between. I reckon he might be the first white guy to be in back to back. Let's keep that in the back of Netflix the films. Yeah, this is just going to be something we need to keep in touch with. When well, did you jump on? What well, same yeah, thing? Same thing. I knew it was him straight away because yeah. I'm like, I saw you last week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I IMD beat him last week. Nah, I didn't even jump on. You knew? Nah, I didn't. Nah, I didn't even realise that he was in that film that we watched last week. So. <laughs> Sorry, you no, that did abomination that we watched last week. To kind of call it a film. Pretty pointless. In pretty pointless last yeah. week. Again, he's another one though that in my readings of Oz Perkins, my new hero, um, he's like getting Bob Balaban on was just like the most amazing thing. Apparently, Bob Balaban's done a lot of directing, and he's like, when you, what, what the quote that I read was something like, when you get Bob Balaban, you you get him the minute he walks in the door. Like he's yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. All I know him is Phoebe's pretty <laughs> friends. <laughs> All right, I've got a few questions. That's yes, a, got some just some things I want to talk about, discuss. So, Lily, the first time she picks up the book and looks at the book, she rubs the author's photo on the back and then pricks her finger, and then she gets that um, weird. that weird dot yeah. on her finger, and then we sort of see the similar scene where Polly does the same thing. Polly pricks her finger. Where does she do that? On the, um, on the wall on the wall yeah. yeah in the same in the same yeah the in the wall, house yeah. as well so uh, I don't know what it's trying to say is it trying to say that their, their lives are mirrored or there's they're the same person there's, like there's I, definitely this link between the two of them and, but do you, uh, do you wonder if there's a link because it's foreshadowing that she's also going to die in this house do you reckon that's as far as it goes Polly died in this house there's all these links like who's the pretty thing that lives in the house mm-hmm. who's pricking her finger who's getting called that name this person, you are going to have the same fate, same fate as Polly. Um, I just sort of that there. It's good. That's, like that's the closest. Cause I agree. I can't think of any other yeah, way. Like, I'm like, are they the same person? How they? Uh. I, there was jo- there was no joy in Lily at all. Like, nah. did she enjoy what she's doing? What What was the point in her doing the job then? Like, because yeah, she wasn't earning like if she was earning money towards it, she wasn't spending it on yeah, anything. she wasn't spending it. And we didn't hear any plans on her saving for anything or having this ambition of, hey, I'm just going to be here for two years and then get out. It's a good point. Yeah. Well, what was she doing? Well, we didn't know her reasons for, no. for doing what she did. No. At all. Um, I mean, maybe it was kind of, I think it alluded to that she broke up with her fiancé. Maybe it was trying to get away from that. And then by the time she was in, she was in. Yeah, she stuck. Yeah, by the time she was like, maybe she thought this is kind of like, you know, maybe it was for a few months, but then she got too consumed, she couldn't leave. Maybe it originally was an escape from a previous life. Where, I think, I think you need to think break. that the beginning, the reason that she's there in the first place is to get away from yeah. that, that breakup, whatever it was. Yeah. That's the only clue you get. So, my, I, I really want to work out when we think she died. Because <laughs> this, this is what's doing my head in. So... She spoke to the guy, she used the business card, called the guy on the phone to say, and he was going to come and look at the house on Monday. Yep. And then he arrives. We don't know what day that was. Though. We don't know when so he arrived. So we're guessing he arrived on the Monday. At least six days. And, she was, and they were both dead when um, he arrived on the so Monday. So between her calling. And. Because you assume if she was a spirit at that point, she wouldn't, wouldn't be able to call. call. Yeah. So between her calling and him arriving is when she died. Um, so then I go back and think there's a scene where. Um, Blum is in the chair, so she was still alive, and Lily's lying on the bed watching TV. The TV's actually on, they're and they're actually watching something. They're watching a VHS, though. They're watching a VHS. Yeah. So it's the first time I've seen the TV on. Yeah. The first time I've seen it working. Why do they choose... Are they both dead already, and the only reason the TV's working is so they're both dead? Oh, I, I, got, I got... Maybe. The, I got the vibe <laughs> that they, um, the TV just doesn't get reception. I think they can still use a VHS. So why, like, yeah, she, why, she tried twice to make that TV work. Yeah, why didn't she work out, oh, there's a VHS, I'll chuck a VHS in and watch something. And why is she all of a sudden watching that TV? Maybe there wasn't a good collection of movies. It's a great question. Desperate. It's a great question. I just feel like you see it twice and then the third time it's working, I feel like that's something significant. Yeah. And I feel like maybe they're dead then. I've got no idea. I'd love it if they were, man. I'd love it if there was something, that a clue... Keep, keep going through this. Okay, and then the other thing that really got to me was towards the end, we see 
there's a shot of Blum typing on the typewriter. So and it's obviously in the past younger. when she's younger. Mm-hmm. And then Lily is standing in the doorway. Yep. And then Blum turns around, looks in the doorway. There's no one there from her point of view. But then Blum's yelling for Polly. Polly yeah. It's like she senses her there though. But yeah. Lily is there in the... So, yeah. so like- has Lily turned into Polly at this stage? Because Polly was already haunting the house when Blum was writing the book, but we can see that Lily's actually there when yeah, she's yeah. writing it as well. Or is it to do with the fact that <laughs> now that yeah, 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 now that Lily's dead, does Polly go? So now she so Polly's free, free or yeah, or or no, it's Lily's house now. Because remember, you own the house. The person who dies owns the house effectively. But if she had gone, then why is why there, she why is she time? there in t- like I in don't that know past? whether she can like <laughs> find her memories <laughs> or. Um, it's, a great, <laughs> it's a great question, and, and I'm then, sure and she, there was this quote. She goes, "It's a terrible thing to look at oneself, oneself, and all the whole scene nothing." So, so going back to my reflection thing, has she been looking in the reflections and not seeing herself in the reflections because she's already because dead? She's oh dead. yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. And is the, ice, so, the whole idea is that... But didn't she say that after she was dead? Well, it was, I think that was after she'd had that conversation in the bathroom when she was brushing her hair and okay. she'd said, you're nothing anymore. You walk backwards with your feet sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then we go down and see her walk through the kitchen backwards and come out around that. <laughs> I don't know. This movie, like, I, I yeah. want answers. I really want answers. Yeah. You know what? The most plausible... Plausible is probably the wrong word for it. But the thing that would fit in the most is if there was this link this really strong link between Lily and Polly that we, we, we can't put our finger on. No. And yeah, oh, I don't know. It's, this is the first episode that we've recorded where we're, we're just dumbfounded. <laughs> but that's <laughs> why, that's why I, I told you, I, I looked, I looked really deep into this to see what I could find. And I really answered your question. I honestly think she died at the end. I really do. And I think there's some kind, like at the end when you think she died, I think that's when she died. And I think after that, she became the, the ghost in the house. I think Polly was no longer in that house. And I think there's obviously some kind of connection where she can look through the past and the history of the house. Don't know why, but I think there's something to do with that, where she does go back in time and sees Blum when she's younger. So if she died on the staircase in that night when she does that choking sort of thing, and then we see the... The builder dude come to look at the wall and he's knocking on the door. And she's a spirit. That's her spirit. One hundred percent. Yeah. So where did when they find her body? Where's her body in the house? Uh, as soon as I, he opens the door. I yeah. Because yeah. he so, opens. But the, we're saying she died upstairs. No, no, no. no. She comes down. The, she's at the on bottom the, of the stairs. Yeah, yeah, she's like at the bottom of the, on the staircase. She's at the bottom of the stairs and then she what, like just goes falls. into the corner. No, no. Because when um when he she sees Polly, she's almost in the corner right near the front door. Yeah, but I thought the corner she was on like was in like halfway down the staircase. No, no, no. She was down. She was at the bottom of the stairs. I think, yeah, I think she was on the ground level. So the when Bob Balaban opens, opens the door, the he sees her immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I don't know. This, I don't know. It's really like, I just feel like she had to be dead before then. Draco, we should do a follow-up episode of this, and we'll get we'll get Oz put Perkins <laughs> on the on the podcast. If Oz Perkins, if you listen to this and you have some answers for us, please let us know so we can share it with our audience because this has really like we're intrigued. I'm very intrigued. We're stumped. Um, and that's probably leading us into almost our ratings, I guess. Yeah. Um, because I started off really being like, okay, this film is really slow. It's traveling along pretty slowly and I don't know how I'm going to get any enjoyment out of it. But yeah, I was contemplating giving it a low score, but the questions that it started bringing up for me and it started intriguing me. And like you said before, I, after the film finished, I got online to have a look mm-hmm. and see what were other people saying about this film? What were they thinking? And everyone was saying different sort of stuff anyway. Like, I don't think it really matters. And that's a good thing about film is that yeah. everyone can come up with their own interpretation. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a good film or what a film's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it may not have done it in the best way prior or leading up to it. I'm, I'm going to give it a three out of five still because of the intrigue it created after the watching of the film. Like Fair. That, that whole experience. Yeah. Fair point. Peter. Um, oh, yeah. The, I thought the film was really artistic. It looked good. There was a lot of good suspense in there, but I just felt like still not much really happened and I, I did find the film really boring and a struggle to watch. I, I gave it a one and a half out of five. All right. And MJ. Um, yeah, look, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I enjoyed trying to find more about this film. I thought the premise as a whole really had legs and I was actually impressed with parts of the opening as a horror fan. 
Um, I thought it fell off a cliff a little bit after that. Uh, I think the narrative really acted like it had these layers that may or may not have been there, which which we're still trying to figure out. <laughs> I think the only real character didn't really pull me along for the ride. Um, despite a couple of good scares, that real slow pace ensured that they were really too far spread out. So I'm actually going to give it two and a half stars, which comes to an average of 2.33 from uh, from the three of us. Cool. So it's middle of the ground, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I think that the experience of talking about it after sort of made, definitely made it a lot better for me. Yeah, me too. And I, I, I'm not done with it. That's the problem. Yeah, I, it's like I want to know. Yeah. I really want to know what, what the meaning of it was. Um, question of the week this week on social media. What did this film mean? <laughs> <laughs> we can go with that. I'm happy to... What did this... Uh, I now, just, what, what was your question? Oh, to on, so have you ever visited um, or been to a place that you thought was haunted? Have you had any creepy, yeah, creepy that's feelings that's anywhere in your life where you've just gone, oh, that felt a bit off? Yeah, I reckon I have. Yeah, so... Can you think of anything? I, I can't, but I'm, I'm hoping our audience oh, yeah. sure have a think about it. Yeah. We might post our own thoughts on there um, once we've had a chat later in the week. Do you guys believe in ghosts? <sighs> no. <laughs> no. No, I don't. No, I don't. At least one of us then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so please get on there, our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Flix Forum, um, to answer that question this week. We'd love you to subscribe as usual. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Get us up into those charts. We haven't been in there for a while. We'd like to. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. We'd like to, to get. Give us a really big rush when that happens. Download it multiple times. Download it. Listen. Delete. Re-download. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> get us in there. <laughs> just, just listen to it. <laughs> enjoy it. Tell your friends. Yeah. Looks to me, we never listen. Even if you don't, we enjoy it. So. Yeah. So um we'll next. Keep about it. <laughs> well, next week's going to be interesting because we're going to be looking at a um a Spanish drama film um 2016 film called. Anios, um, sorry, Seven Anios, which is seven years in English. It's directed by Roger Gual, starring Juana Acosta and Alex Brendamul. So um, take the time to sit back, watch this film. Get your subtitles on Get this week. Subtitles yeah. on this Either week. That'll learn Spanish real quick. Surely the subtitles will automatically come up for me. <laughs> I don't know. I might have to download the, the translator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just this pig-headed English speaker that thinks everything should be on a platter for you. So we're going to enjoy this one next week, I hope. Um, got no idea what it's about, but really looking forward to it. As usual... I'm exhausted after that. I'm, yeah, I feel really tired. I'm tired. It was, yeah, it was tough. That was, was, was a struggle. But thank you again. Really good. Sorry we didn't give you more answers. <laughs> yeah. Stop asking hard questions. <laughs> this, is the, this is the first one that's sort of stumped us. It has. This podcast is by film lovers for film lovers. We don't promise to have all the answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we enjoy talking about Hello. it. Plenty of hard questions on you. <laughs> if you've got the answers, let us know. Let us know. All right, so we'll see you guys next week. See you, boys. Bye.